Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creatives. I'm AKA Radio Red, as the gentleman said. I'm looking on Facebook to see where we are. We're supposed to be streaming live, and I'm not sure we are, so we'll find that out later. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is now the 22nd of March. It's the 81st day of the Gregorian calendar, and I always like to thank Greg, Greggy, or Gregorian. I'm not sure what his mother called him, but thank you very much. There are 284 days left in 2021. And if you're counting, like I am, this is the 12th Monday of the year. I have two very interesting guests here. We're going to talk about creativity for your screen impact. Come on, tell me the truth. You've probably been on Zoom at least once in the past 12 months, maybe 100 times like me, maybe two, maybe three or four times. But how do you come across? What do you look like? How do you sound? There are ways to be your best self, to brand yourself. And we're going to to talk about relationships because relationships have been interesting, very, very interesting in terms of people spending a lot of time more than they thought they would with their families, with their significant others, a little less time with people they might have wanted to get together with. And maybe you need a little bit of repairing. You need to do a little customer service. And I have a guest who's going to talk about that. So first of all, I want to introduce my very two special guests, Shelly Golden. Say hello and wave, please. Hello, hello. There you go. Thank you. And Dr. Stephanie Narr, she spells her last name K-N-A-R-R. It's a silent K. Stephanie, say hello. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Am I calling you Dr. Stephanie or Stephanie? Dr. Stephanie. My pleasure. That's so my we brand. Doc, well, we're all about brands. Yes. I want both of you nice ladies to please say hello to two people. Number one, say hello to my engineer, Josh. Hello, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. There you go. Josh, I think they're flirting with you. And number two, I want you to say hello to LLL. Just say hello, LLL, and I'll tell you who she is. Hello, LLL. Hello, L-L-L. Okay, that's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener who's been with me for years. She's a good friend. And I like to say on Mondays that we're holding a not quite real GoFundMe campaign for Laura because we wanted to move to a place that starts with an L like London. I offered her Larchmont because she's in Whitestone, if you know anything about New York and Long Island. She said she doesn't want to move to Larchmont. She'd rather go to London. So everybody can send in their, their fake Let's get lovely, lanky Laura Legs to to London funding. That would be really appreciated. So I'm very happy to welcome both of you. And I met you both recently uh, at the National Publicity Summit, which has turned into the Virtual Publicity Summit. And talk talk about relationships. I was go I, when I was in New York three years ago. I was going to the Penn Hotel, which was a 28 minute train ride away on the Long Island Expressway from where I lived on the North Shore of Long Island. And now I'm in Durham, and I don't travel much. And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, pandemic happened, and Steve. Harrison and his merry band of wonderful people, Nick Suma and everybody else decided to make it virtual. So I'm going to a summit every eight to 12 weeks now and meeting a lot of people. So let's find out a little bit about who you are, what you do. Shelly Golden, why don't you do about a three-minute intro? Tell us who you are. I see Shelly Golden style Zoom makeovers on the sign behind you. So why don't you tell us what that's all about? Welcome, Shelly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I am working with individuals and companies to help them and you look your best 
in your Zoom box. Uh, since everybody's online right now, uh, this is your new calling card. You know, this is how you present yourself in your box. Uh, so it's, I've created what I call the Zoom makeover, which is a five-step process to help you elevate your brand and increase engagement by balancing art and psychology. And I created a five-step process. So it's camera angle, lighting, background, what color works best on you in your space, and Zoom-specific makeup techniques to really create a bit more of a three-dimensional look on this two-dimensional platform. Very, very interesting. How long have you been doing this, Shelley? A year since COVID started. Really, are, we're going to get into those five steps, right? We'll do that for, for my audience. And, and as I mentioned in my opening, uh, Shelley, the pandemic may be on the way out, maybe, maybe, but I think many of us will still be doing a lot of teleconferencing, video conferencing. So your, t- your tips are golden. Sorry, has somebody had to say it. Had to say it, I know. For a long time to come. And I'll tell you about the makeup lesson I took when all this started a year ago. And yes, I'll admit to what age women it was for, but not how old I am. So there's a little bit of a difference, but it's good enough. So thank you and welcome to Read My Lips. So happy to have you here. And Dr. Stephanie Nar. Stephanie, please introduce yourself. You're the psychotherapist in the room. You're going to solve all our problems today, whether you know it or not. I'm going to put you on speaker view and let you introduce yourself, please, to our audience. Go ahead, Stephanie. Uh, Dr. Yeah, Stephanie. Dr. Stephanie. And, you know, I don't think people necessarily think that being a therapist, a psychotherapist or a couples therapist necessarily requires creativity. Um, but I think it's really the name of the game because each client's different. And so I'm constantly trying out different things that might help a specific client based on like their strengths um, and weaknesses and what's going on in their life. Um, but one of the more creative things that I like to do with relationships um, is to help people change the way that they think about relationship concerns. Because as Red, as you were mentioning kind of in the introduction, you know, a lot of people are spending a lot of time together, mm-hmm. which means they get grouchy and they bring up little complaints, you know, stuff that's on their uh things that bother them and that make them a little cranky. And my method is to teach people to kind of have this metaphor of like having a customer service counter for their relationship. And so I have them walk through six steps that they can use whenever their partner or their teenager or whoever in their life is bringing up a concern. And it also works out well, like in a business setting with coworkers as well. Interesting. So it's personal and business. Dr. Stephanie, would you give us one tip as a teaser before we get started? Would you tell us one? Yeah, I think the most important thing that I teach people is to ask that ask the question, you know, what would make this better for you? Um, which is so typical of a customer service person. Like someone says, hey, you know, it aggravated me that you, I don't know, forgot to run the dishwasher this morning. And you say, well, what can I do to, to make it up to you? How can we make this right between us? Um, a lot of people don't ask that question. Interesting. Is it okay to say, when are you going to leave? <laughs> Is it well, okay? It, it's your turn to leave. Would you please go for a 20-minute run, walk, hop, skip, jump, just go sit in the stoop in the backyard? Is it okay to say that to somebody? It, I think that is an okay resolution, actually, if you're the one bringing up a concern or a complaint, but not necessarily in response to someone else's complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I have a friend who orders a lot of things on Amazon. I think you'll both get a kick out of this. And instead of having it come to their house, they purposely have it sent to an Amazon locker, 
which is about eight miles away, so that they can leave the house and go for a ride to get out. And I thought, why? And the answer is, I need to, they're retired. I need to go out and do something and get in the car and get fresh air. And I need to leave the house with a purpose other than groceries and toilet paper. We all know about that for the past year. But I thought that was a creative way to put (laughs) some space into a household is make sure Amazon doesn't deliver to your front door. What do you think, Shelly? Does that uh, ring a bell for you? Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely <laughs> interesting. I, I, I understand why you'd want to get out of the house. You know, I've been stuck mm-hmm. in the house yeah. uh, for a year. I also live alone and I talk to people all the time. And, you know, it's, and as a matter of fact, you know, we're so Zoom fatigued, even, you know, you were saying before the show that, you know, you're on Zoom all the time that mm-hmm. I'm actually now starting Zoom fatigue workshops. Really? Interesting. Yeah. What's, the, what's the biggest complaint? I think Dr. Stephanie appreciated it. What's the biggest complaint you hear, Shelley? Uh, the biggest complaint I hear is that they're just wiped out. Everybody's just wiped out. You know, like who wants to attend another happy hour? You know, where normally it's like, oh, yes, happy hour. Can't wait to go to happy hour. But it's now it's, oh, it's another happy hour. Okay. Um, so I, they just can't sit down anymore. And so... Actually, this study that just came out by Stanford uh, talks about all these other studies over the last 20 years mm-hmm. that they put together information on and how to alleviate Zoom fatigue. But that's not really what we're talking about today. Well, but it, it's part of what we're talking about. I'm going to tell you yeah. both a funny story, and I don't think I'll embarrass anybody. I think you'll both, you'll understand. You might not relate. Uh, about eight months ago, last year sometime, um, I belong to a, a group from my junior high school in Queens, New York, and it's a alumni page. And somebody had the brilliant idea to get about 50 or 60 people or 100 people on a Zoom call. So I went on, I had my background like this or one of my business shows. I use a different name on my business radio shows and I show up and I go into the Zoom room and I have to tell you, half the people had no idea what they were doing. Some of the people were saying, <laughs> Murray, Am I on? Is Zoom working? Where is it? And the woman's holding her phone right in front of her face and she's on, on Zoom. Other people are sitting back 20 feet at a coffee table somewhere saying, okay, and they're eating their dinner. Other people are saying, Johnny, I recognize you. And nobody is moderating. Nobody is doing anything. I waited 15 minutes. Somebody said they were going to moderate. It just shocked me that they hadn't bothered to, fi- I'm probably being very critical here. They hadn't bothered to figure it out. Um, they were acting like they didn't know what technology was, but they all had a computer. They all knew how to connect, but it was so painful and so much screeching and so much crosstalk and nobody, even the person who organized it wasn't in charge. She said, oh, I'll take over. And then she abdicated eight minutes later and went to do something else. And after this screeching and crosstalk, Shelly, so I understand people getting Zoom fatigue. To me, it was Zoom, OMG, Really? I dropped off after about 18 minutes. I couldn't stand it. Nobody had acknowledged anybody other than I know you, I knew you and the screeching and the screaming and are we on and what do we do and where's my camera? It sounds like a nightmare, actually. It was a nightmare. And I never went back to any of those reunions. So all I'm trying to say, ladies, is that if I were involved in social activities on Zoom, 
rather than my business, which is radio broadcast host. If I were involved in activities where people were like that after a, a warm-up period of time where they had a chance to learn more about it, I would be beyond Zoom fatigued. I would be a Zoom disgust. It would be, would be. Yeah. <laughs> Steph, Steph, Dr. Stephanie, is this something you're encountering in your practice? Is people not putting up with the fact that they need to teleconference, that they need to video conference and, and disputes among the people in the, the couple? To give us a little more background. Yeah. Tell us, what are you seeing, Dr. Stephanie? Yeah, well, one of the things that I'm seeing is, and um, related to Zoom, actually, I would say is not so much that any kind of problems with couples, but just related to Zoom and the pandemic. I think that people are not only Zoom fatigued, but just fatigued in general, of course. And so a lot of people are saying like, that they're like, everything's okay. Everything is my life is okay. But for some reason, I just feel so vigilant and so stressed. Um, So I think for that reason, people, um, within couples and relationships are definitely extra vigilant and sensitive and little things are bothering them more than usual. Yes. And I have friends who cried every single day for the first six months of, of the full-blown pandemic, cried out of fear, cried out of sadness, cried out of worry. Are we doing the right thing? Are we being safe enough? What's going to happen to the people we know, the people we love? Why can't we visit with our friends? Why can't we go to the country club and have dinner? Why do I have to walk five miles by myself with a mask on and not see anybody? So there was this sense of of despair. And I'm sure that impacted a lot of couples. Actually, some, he went with his girlfriends and she went with her girlfriends yeah. and they, they didn't see each other all day. And that might've been a good thing. He couldn't take the crying. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's get down to what you each do. So Shelly Goldwyn, uh, Golden, why don't you give us a couple of your tips? And I will admit that when I started, all my radio shows were on the phone for years, for the past 10 years, until about May of 2020. And I moved all my business shows to Zoom. And uh, Josh, my engineer, he wasn't working with me then, but he knows he's only known me as a Zoom host. But I was thrilled because I get to see people I had never met. Voice on the phone. I was never going to meet them. These people, my guests are all over the world. I was never going to meet them. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing their eye contact, and I'm seeing what their hair looks like, and I'm seeing everything about them in the room they're in or what kind of a computer they're using. And to me, Zoom made it much more personal. So, Shelly, let's have some of the the tips, uh, your five-part Zoom makeover. You want to squeeze it all into three minutes, or do you want to give us one tip at a time? What's your pleasure? I'll give you a couple little tips. Okay, go ahead. Uh, So, the the first tip that I want to share with you. First of all, the most important thing is your lighting. That's the most important thing. So that people can see your face left and right equally. Mm-hmm. And if they could see your face, chances are they could see your eyes. And if they ah. can see your eyes, they trust you more. Ooh. So that's really important because that's the one thing that we're missing, uh, that we're lacking due to like interpersonal communication is looking into people's eyes and trusting them. And so lighting is the most important thing. But, you know, when you, when your people are on, are on zoom, usually you've got the blue light coming from your screen and you've got other lights and you usually look a little bit washed out, Mm -hmm. a little bit gray, a little bit blue, blue from the blue light. So here's my super easy, cheap and dirty hack. Okay. Is I use fuchsia and yellow post-its over my lights 
And I, I'm, when I'm working with clients, I, I have them do this cheap and easy fuchsia and yellow post-its. If you mix these two colors together, you get a peachy color. And that's our skin color. Even if you're dark skin, it doesn't really matter. Because mm-hmm. the blue light coming from the computer kind of grays you out a little bit. And so even I have a light on my right. And since we're, we're, we're on camera, if I show you what, I, what this looks like without any post-its. Oh, yes. It's, it's like a blue-white light. But by putting yellow and fuchsia post-its over my lights, it creates a, a peachy, more natural skin tone. And the reason that's desirable mm-hmm. is because I look like me. Interesting. I don't look like I've got lights on, you know, spotlights on me. And what I do when I'm working with people, kind of getting them in the right position, the right color, the right lighting, is I, I try to help them look like whoever is talking to them, that they're just sitting on the other side of the table. Yeah. And and intimacy. I I have a couple questions and I bet my listeners and viewers do too. Shelly, where do you put the post-its? How many do you put? Do you put one over the other, the fuchsia, and then the yellow over the top of it? Do you put them on the light? Do you put them on the shade? How do you avoid a fire hazard? Give us some <laughs> of the logistics. You, Dr. Stephanie knew I was thinking about that. Give us some. I'm wishing some... I had pink and yellow right now. <laughs> I know. I'd like to be practicing. <laughs> okay. In real time, I'm going to turn my light off. Okay. And show you my light. Please do. This is fun. Here's one of my lights. Oh, light. I have the same light. Yeah, oh, so I, yes. And so I have it sometimes that I can just flip them up, you know, and sometimes I have pink, pink, pink because I'm feeling like I'm looking a little bit yellow. So I put more pink. And sometimes okay. if I'm feeling like I look a little bit too red, I'll put more yellow. And so I have other lights around me as well. And I have either... Uh, white paper or pink or yellow post-its to create a more peachy color. So I look more natural to you. I love it. Dr. Stephanie, what do you think? Is this cool? Yeah, I just put a little pink one here. I need more, but. Yeah, but you need more light so people can see your eyes. Yeah. But then again, glasses. Okay, here's another tip for you, Red. So for you and I, we have glasses on. Yeah. So how do you get lighting on your face, how to position the lighting, since I'm talking about lighting. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to put the lights at like 10 o'clock and two o'clock angled from up to down a little bit on your face. So okay. if you have them at 10 o'clock and two o'clock, you're lighting this side of your face <clears throat> and the other side of your face and a little bit of the front of your eyes. And you're not getting the glare in your glasses, which is, I mean, I would, I think Two thirds of the people that I'm on Zoom with wear glasses, even like these are blue light glasses. So people are wearing blue light glasses to counterbalance, you know, the UV light, the, the, the UV rays light coming from the computer screen. So this is a really good way to get the light on your face that you need, but not have the glare in your glasses, which is distracting. And I try to really eliminate all the distractions. Very interesting. I noticed early on in my Zoom radio a year ago that I was speaking to people with glasses and they had little donuts inside their glasses, little circles, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I found out they had bought a ring light. Yeah. And the ring light puts a reflection that's a glare. It looks like they have little circles on top of their eyeballs. It's talk about distracting. Well, 
I went and bought like this. this. Yes. And, and I and you, you, get you have a little ring light in your <laughs> Yes. And so what do you have paper on that one too, right? You I have- do. I actually have on this one, I happen to have um notebook paper. Uh just a thin piece. I'm gonna turn it off. Let's see, did I turn it off? I I have just lined notebook paper that I have taped on. Yes. And I tape the post-its on also because otherwise they're gonna come off. So you want to always tape it on. True. Um and the reason I put just thin paper on it is to diffuse the light so it doesn't look like you have a spotlight on you. It just looks more natural on your skin. Well, I went out and bought a ring light. I ordered one on Amazon soon after I noticed everybody was using them. And I figured an eight inch wouldn't be enough. A 10 inch wouldn't be too much. I I know a 10 inch wouldn't be enough. So I ordered something like a 16 inch ring light. The thing was so heavy. I could hardly pick it up. I tried it in the kitchen. It was like, wow. So I brought it in here to my office. I put it on the desk. I lifted it up. I found I've I've got a whole bunch of computers and screens and you look like Red Casper. Oh, it was incredibly bad. Some it was so bright, and then they have the the yellowish light, the pinkish light, the warm, the cool, the whatever. Yeah. It went from bad to worse, and the circles in the glasses were OMG. Thank goodness Amazon has this wonderful return policy. You take it, you get the return code, you take it to Coles we have here in Durham, about a mile and a half from my house, and you go there. You don't even have to pack the darn thing up, and you go in and you let them scan the barcode for the return, and they take it back and ship it back. I couldn't wait to get rid of the damn thing. So that was not not the solution. Uh, Stephanie, are you finding that, is there any concern? Let's talk about your, and Shelly, thank you for that. I want to move on and get some of Stephanie's tips in terms of, I understand you had a Kool-Aid stand. I, I don't remember <laughs> seeing you with that when I met you at the summit. Talk about the customer service aspect of relationships. What is What are you advocating? Exactly what are you telling couples? Yeah, well, so one of the most, prominent problems, according to marriage research and relationship research, that leads to failure is actually um, people becoming defensive. And I see this all the time in my practice. So here I am, two chairs back here. So I'll have a couple, you know, here at my office um, working with me. And a few years back, I had a husband who was this fabulously successful businessman. And his wife, came into the session, the first session, she had her list of complaints, which is not uncommon um, for <laughs> sexual relationships, for starting marriage counseling. And he looked like deer in the headlights. He had no idea what to do. And I was just kind of like, well, what do you do when a customer has a complaint? Ooh. And he was and he was easily able to say, well, of course I show them value. I listen to their what they have to say. I validate them. He walked through, you know, he was able to very quickly walk through the steps. It's really just a mindset shift. And so I started using this concept of having a customer service counter. I started calling it a relationship repair counter. And then I go out and teach classes. I have my lemonade stand essentially sort of with a big relationship repair counter um, advertisement there, but it's really just to get people thinking about shifting their mindset that relationship complaints can be a positive thing. Um, it's not necessarily something negative to see as nagging or something bad for your relationship. If you can sort of turn it into the, the lemon, if you will, into lemonade and make it something positive, you know, like you can build trust and loyalty from that complaint and 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 help your partner or your kids uh, or whoever feel better about about you and about your relationship. 
Very, very interesting. I, I have never heard this approach before. Can you give us, other than the couple, what happened when you spoke to him, this Mr. Deer in the headlights? Yeah. How, did, how did you help him diffuse or use uh, his customer service experience with his wife to diffuse that complaint? Tell me. Yeah, well, so once he was able to kind of think through what he would do with the customer, this is actually a type of therapy called solution-focused therapy, which is a creative approach where you help people take something they're good at in one part of their life and use it in another part of their life. So it was literally just like reminding him, okay, so with a customer, you would validate, let's go ahead and validate what she's saying. And then, okay, now you would ask what you can do to resolve the complaint. And then when you're finished, you know, if she's feeling better, you ask her, you know, are you feeling better now? Do you feel like this complaint is fully resolved? And he was able to do that with her. And I find that a lot of people in their relationships, once they get in that habit, they just really can um, reduce a lot of conflict and a lot of problems. Very, very interesting. Uh, Just a a fresh approach. And that's why you're both here, because you're creative. You're creative in how you approach what you do, how you relate to people, how you see the world. Look at all the creativity with the colored post-its from Shelly Golden and and the customer service at the Lemonade Stand with Dr. Stephanie Nahr. I appreciate that. Ladies, we're going to talk a little more about what you do. But right now, I think we really have to get to a couple of very important features here. We're going to do... I wish I had a da-da-da-da-da or some kind of music, but I haven't figured that one out yet or I'll have to get Josh to play something for me. Uh, we have the national holidays from the week of March 22nd, which is today through March 29th, next Monday, because by the time I'm on the air next Monday night, the holidays will be almost over, right? So let me read a couple of holidays and I'm going to ask you for your reactions and whether you celebrate or whether now that you know it's a holiday, how you would celebrate, okay? So today, Monday, March 22nd, is National Bavarian Crepes Day. Shelly Golden, do you relate to Bavarian crepes? Um, Bavarian crepes, the only thing I think of is like ham and cheese. (laughs) Okay. okay. I I lived in Amsterdam and, you know, it's kind of that Germanic, you know, it's always ham and cheese. And is the cheese melted? Is it on a warm croissant or something or just in a warm crepe? Well, it's going to be, if it's going to be a crepe, it's going to be in a crepe. It's going to be melted cheese and sliced ham. Okay. I had ham with a, with a, a low-calorie roll for dinner. Dr. Stephanie Nahr, what do you think of Bavarian Crepes Day? Oh. you interested? Uh, if I was going to celebrate this holiday, I would go make a little trip over to Dunkin'. Uh, it's not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. They changed their brand, I think. Oh. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, but they have the Bavarian Cream Donuts. It was just the closest thing that I can think of in the U.S., that is I love very Bavarian creative. Creek, so I would get the donut. Okay, I have three more days, three more holidays today for you now that we've gotten the Bavarian crepe side of the way. And by the way, Shelly, I used to work on Ninth Avenue in Manhattan many years ago, and it was within walking distance of Macy's Herald Square. And Macy's had a downstairs department called The Cellar, C-E-L-L-A-R, and they had a food, uh, a restaurant, but they also had a, a walk-in and order. And one of their favorites, I believe, was warm croissant with ham and cheese. Very, very Francais. There's nothing like it, right? Nothing. Unless it's, you know, croissant with like chocolate in it. 
No, no, well, Our yes, variant. I know. That, that's another, <laughs> it's the other delectable croissant. That's another holiday. But I remember, and they weren't very expensive. I'd go and have them wrap it up and, and eat it somewhere in a park over there and then walk back to work. It was delightful. Today is also National Daffodil Day, National Goof Off Day. But you're not goofing off. You're here with me. And National World Water Day. So let's talk about Goof Off Day. Do you ever goof off, Shelly Golden? Be, tell me the truth. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I play hooky and, 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 and goof off. I, you know, I look really conservative, but, the, you know, my other personality is like, I'm a little, I'm not a biker, but I kind of have the biker chick look. And so, um, yeah, I like to go play and hang out and, you know, go be bad and do things. I, I have a feeling this is breaking news here on Read My Lips Radio. Never thought it, never would have thunk it, as they say. I know, I know. Dr. Got Stephanie. Personalities. Yeah, well, oh. I, I have at least two. Dr. Stephanie, uh, we won't go in how surprised we are that Shelly admitted that on live radio <laughs> and live Facebook. OMG, Shelly, good for you. But Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie, do you ever tell your clients to goof off for a day? Just be silly. <laughs> you, ever, you ever tell them that? Yeah, it's actually called a mental health day, right? Like, just blow off all your work. You can't take it anymore. And just go do whatever you want to do. Usually, for me, that would consist of, I don't know, maybe a yoga class, getting my favorite coffee, you know, I don't know, walking around the mall, something like this. To me, it's massage spa day. Mm -hmm. That's it. A couple times a month, and it's divine. I tend to conk, conk. What? Go ahead. Are you missing that during COVID? We have been doing it, but mask on. They closed the locker room. They closed the sauna room. They closed everything but the bathrooms. You come in with your mask on. Your therapist has a mask. They ask you a list of questions. Have you been out of the country? You've been near anybody? Have you been sick? Any symptoms? They spray, uh, they spritz some hand sanitizer on you. You go up to the room. She leaves. You get undressed in the room. You put your clothes on a chair. No more locker rooms with mirrors in the shower and all that. And you, you lay down. She knocks on the door. She comes in. She washes her hands. You've got a mask. I wear a very light paper mask for that because who wants to, uh, you gotta breathe. And she wears a mask and I have the full massage and then I leave and she leaves and I go out and greet her outside. They do allow me to give her a cash tip, which they didn't originally. Uh, all the payment is done through credit card on file. And and yes, so, but they didn't do it originally. It was a couple months and it was a couple months between hair appointments too, which was very oh, yeah, painful. Those, those roots, you know. Yeah, that was painful. <laughs> give them roots and give them wings and let them fly somewhere where people can't see their roots. Let's not there go there. You go. <laughs> so tomorrow is National Melba Toast Day, National Chia Day, not Chia Pet Chia Day. It's Puppy Day and it's Near Miss Day. I probably read those so fast you can't remember, but let me go to you first, Dr. Stephanie Nard. Do you recognize any of these holidays? Does anything appeal to you? Melba Toast, Chia, Puppy, or Near Miss? What do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I warned you. Well, Melba toast is actually a really um, helpful diet, dietary kind of thing that you can have as like just a little snack. So I would have to go with the Melba toast. Mm-hmm. I'm really not a dog person. So, and I can't remember the other one that you said. <laughs> it was daffodil, daffodil and near miss. Have you had any near Oh, miss? the daff? No, I'd, I'd have to do the daffodil. That's, I okay. definitely wouldn't mind getting out to Trader Joe's or somewhere and getting myself a big bouquet and. My neighbors have all their daffodil bulbs popping up here, and I'm yeah. I'm in daffodil envy. They must have about twelve beautiful white daffodils coming up. Shelly Golden, what are we going with to, for you tomorrow? National Melba Toast Day, Chia Day, Puppy Day, or Near Miss Day? Oh, it's definitely Daffodil Day. I lived in Amsterdam for ten years. Ah, um, you know, and when I would go to the flower market and buy 
50 tulips and daffodils for the equivalent of six bucks. Now you can't beat that. I, I think you're, you're just your jaws just hanging open. You just I, stopped the show. Are you serious? <laughs> okay, then, you know, then they increase the price to 10 bucks, you know. Oh my um, God. So yeah, that's, that's definitely has lovely memories. And, you know, that's, that's where the bulbs are grown. And yes, you know, it's, it's, it's the place to be. That's the this home. This time of year, actually. I can't I'm tell sure you <laughs> how thrilled I was when I moved here to Durham and you can go to a supermarket, Harris Teeter Republics, and you can get a couple of stems of beautiful, I'm allowed to say this, Asian lilies. And you buy them and there's two stems with lots of blooms. And it comes in a beautiful wrapper that I use in some of my painting collages. And that's $4. And I can have fresh flowers in my house all the time and astromeria the same which are beautiful fillers when i lived on long island where are you going to get flowers for four bucks you can't even get they're half dead in the supermarket for 8.99 anyway enough about that so and puppy day i'm going to say hello to my two grand puppies amos and jake grandma loves you we'll leave that alone okay now wednesday is national cheese steak day and chocolate-covered raisin day. Where are we going to do that day, Dr. Stephanie? Cheesesteak or chocolate-covered raisins or both? Definitely the cheesesteak. No go for the raisins. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a cheesesteak. Stephanie, uh, Shelly, how about you? Yeah, cheesesteak can be good. You know, okay. I, you know, if you, if you get one that has decent meat and decent cheese and, you know, put a little bit of some type of chili on it, I'm good. Okay. All right. We'll leave that well on. Thank you, ladies. Now, here we have an interesting day. Thursday is International Waffle International Waffle Day. Okay. It's also National Lobster Newberg Day, and it's Tolkien Reading Day. So, we're going to have Lobster Newberg waffles while we're reading Tolkien. I think I'm getting sick already. Shelly, let's go with you first. What's your specialty for Thursday? What are you going to do? I don't do? really think I have one. You know, I'm, you know, I think I'm just going to pass on that day. Do you remember lobster Newberg? Do you remember all the creams? I didn't have a lot of yeah, cream that just, sauce. You know, I'll just take the, you know, the lobster without the Newberg sauce. I, I agree with you. Stephanie, Dr. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you think? Anything appeal to you? Waffles? Do you like waffles? Uh, I'm probably going to sound really unhealthy since I said yes to the cheesesteak and I could go <laughs> yes for the waffles as long as it had some berries on the top. Okay. I like that idea. A little bit of raspberry jam would make me happier. A little bit of warm maple circle, I call it. Ladies, let's go to Friday, March 26th. It's make up your own holiday day. I should have sent this to you before the show so you'd have a chance to think about it. But since you're both so creative and since the show is about cool conversations with creatives, I'm going to put you on the spot. So, what if uh, I'm going to pick on you first, Shelly Golden? If you had to make up a holiday, what would today be? Or for the pam- for Friday? Pamper Shelly Day. <laughs> okay. What other day would I, if, would I make up? That's legitimate. And Dr. Stephanie, what would you be your own holiday? Uh, that's, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I guess National Sunshine Day. I don't know. It's March. Seems like it's the sun shining. March 26th. That could be fun. And it's the day before Passover. So there we go. It's also Friday is also nougat day. I can't eat that sticky stuff. Spinach day that I can eat and wear a hat day. Admit it, ladies. Do you have a stack of hats in the closet that you have wanted to wear? Stephanie, do you? I have a couple. I can pull one out on Friday. Yeah, me, me too. And what about you, Shelly? Hats? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm always a hat girl. Always I, been a hat girl. You know, I, I always wear a hat. 
I haven't worn them in years. I like to stay curly and fresh, but I am a, I'm a drummer and I have little cute little drummer boots, Ziggy Soho Nadia boots, which are hard to find. I'm buying anything I can find in my size on Poshmark, on eBay and on Mercari. Anything I can find that look like they're in new condition. I have four new pairs in my closet and they're brocade and they're shiny. Anyway, I haven't taken the hats out of the closet, but I bought a bunch of vintage hats on eBay years ago in a hat box an old fashioned cardboard hat box with the string. And these are little tiny hats with the, with the, uh, the veil that comes down and little uh, hat, hat pins that are made out of velvet. And so I probably, got probably 1940s. I'm a costume historian. Yes. Um, and they're beautiful. And I also have this gorgeous red suede hat that I bought in Paris in 19. Mm-hmm, I'm not going to tell you. And I haven't worn it, but it's sitting on one of my stuffed animals on my bed. We'll leave that one alone. I could see you in a little hat with a little pin in it. I, I think so. That'd I'll have to good. do when I drum, I'll have to start wearing hats when I drum. It'll, it'll freak everybody out because they're all in T-shirts and jeans and shorts. And I walk in with the boots and the fancy sweater and the lipstick, you know, all the whole thing. Anyway, let's go to uh, Saturday is International Scribble Day. And there's a special holiday on Saturday I didn't know about. It's March 27th. It happens to be my dad and his mom's mom were both born March 27th. But my dad's name is Joe. At Joseph, and I found out that it is National Joe Day. And can you imagine how I felt when I looked up the holiday for March 27th and it's Joe Day and that's my dad Joe's birthday and I never knew there was a holiday named after Joe. Let's just leave that one to me. It's Spanish Paella Day. It's yeah. Passover Day. You got to be careful what you eat for Pesach. And it's Quentin Tarantino's birthday. So happy birthday, Quentin Tarantino. Let's go to Sunday the 28th. It's Lady Gaga's birthday. Is everybody going to celebrate? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it made the national calendar. It's national something on a stick day. I don't think we should talk about that. It's weed appreciation day, but it's not the it's not that. It's actual weeds in the garden. You're supposed to be happy that you've got nice weeds. It's respect your cat day and it's Palm Sunday. Anything in there appeal to you, Shelly Golden? Weed appreciation, uh, respect your cat. Yeah, actually, I I you know, I think. You know, the weeds that, that flower are, are absolutely beautiful. You know, think of it as, you know, wildflowers. Dandelions. I think of dandelions, dandelions. buttercups. You know, they're pretty and you can blow them away at the end. <laughs> there you go. If you get close enough. Dr. Stephanie, any favorite things on that day? Um, I could go for this, uh, the stick day because even though you thought to pass on that one, because you can get a popsicle or an ice cream bar. On That's a stick, true. I, I think I could do that. Cotton I'll, candy I'll with my theme of eating unhealthy. Cotton up. candy, corn <laughs> dog, right? We have all kinds of things on a stick. Uh, a lot of things you buy in a get in a Japanese or a fusion restaurant or uh, not, not yakitori. There's something yeah. that comes on a stick that uh, you have for uh, Malaysian, Indonesian. Um, yeah, a little. Yeah. So and shish kebab. kebabs, kebabs, that's right. And I'll just include Monday, March 29th. It's National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. So if you know somebody who's still doing their best to keep a store alive, patronize them, please. And it's also ooh, Smoke and Mirrors Day on Monday, the 29th. Smoke and Mirrors Day. I'm not sure who's smoking and who's holding up the mirror. It means you're just not transparent. Isn't that one of our favorite? Our two favorite words, I think, are authentic and transparent. I think those have become the business buzzwords in the past couple of years. 
You have to be authentic and you have to be transparent. We'll leave those two alone. Thank you, ladies, for playing National Holidays. And let's do some famous birthdays because these people are just sitting waiting for us to wish them a happy birthday. Dr. Stephanie, it's for their mental health that I'm doing this. So I want you to know. So (laughs) Stephen Sondheim was born today in 1930. He's one of the most important figures in 20th century musical theater. He is accused of reinventing the American musical, and we all know his works include A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum in 62 Company, 1970 Follies, A Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park with George, Into the Woods, and he wrote the lyrics for West Side Story and Gypsy. That I did not know. So let's say happy birthday, Stephen Sondheim, ladies. Happy birthday, Happy Stephen. Birthday, there you go. It's also William Shatner's birthday today. He was born the year after Sondheim. And if anybody has been hiding under a rock, he was the original Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise in the Star Trek franchise. And he does a lot of commercials for a lot of companies. Today is also the birthday of a lady who was married to Sammy Davis Jr. Anybody remember my Brit? M-A-Y. She was a a Swedish model actress and she married Sammy Davis for eight years. We'll leave that one. George Benson. Who doesn't love George Benson? I remember buying his album, Breezen. Remember? Singer, songwriter, guitarist, triple certified platinum album, number one on the Billboard charts in 1976. Happy birthday, George Benson. I hope you're still making music. James Patterson. Who doesn't love James Patterson? His books have sold only 300 million copies, and he was the first person to sell 1 million ebooks. 1 million ebooks. I did not know that. The Women's Murder Club and Alex Cross, Michael Bennett, Maximum Ride, uh, NYPD Red. I think I need to read that. Witch and Wizard and the Private Series. There we go. It's also. This gets even better. 1948, Andrew Lloyd Webber was born today. Lloyd Webber was born on the same day as Stephen Sondheim. Is that even possible? Is that unbelievable? And he's also been accused of reinventing the musical. Uh, Some of his musicals have run for over a decade. He has 21 musicals, a song cycle, a set of variations, two film scores, and a Latin Requiem Mass, the music of the night, all I ask of you. From Phantom of the Opera, I don't know how to love him. I don't know how to, I won't sing. Jesus Christ Superstar, Don't Cry for Me, Argentina from Evita. And Any Dream Will Do from Joseph and the Amazing. Oh, so many more. It's also, let's get a little lighter here. Keegan-Michael Key, the actor, comedian, and writer, co-created and starred alongside Jordan Peele in Comedy Central's Key and Peele from 2012 to 15, born today. Happy birthday, Keegan-Michael Key. And one of our favorite actresses, at least mine, Reese Witherspoon, born today. And her real name is Laura Jean Reese Witherspoon. And I'm doing a shout out to our LLL, lovely, lanky Laura Legs, because she goes by Laura Jean. But our Laura Jean on the radio is J-E-A-N, and Reese Witherspoon is J-E-A-N-N-E. So there, she's won, won a lot of awards and one of the most she was nominated, voted by Time Magazine, one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2006 and 2015. And in 2019, she was on Forbes' list of the 100 most powerful women in the world. Did you know that, Shelley? That recently- I had no clue. I didn't either. Aren't you glad that I looked up all this? Thank trivia? you for sharing that. You're most certainly welcome. Dr. Stephanie, talk about powerful women. What do you think? Is that a shock? I think it's great. And I always like to know these 
fun facts. Uh, lots there of creative you. people that you just mentioned. So you, you came to the right show. Them. You came yeah. to the right show. So let's talk a little more, Shelly Golden. We need a few more tips on lighting and on Zoom and what you call that Zoom box. So we talked about lighting. We talked about post-its. We talked about that peachy color, regardless of your skin tone, that you want to look warm. I think that's what it, what it means to me. So give us a couple of more tips and then we're going to go back to Dr. Stephanie for some of her tips. So Shelly, talk to me. Okay. I'm going to just talk about a little bit about clothing color. Um, so the camera picks up white and light first and brings it to the foreground. So whatever is white and light in your Zoom box, that's the first thing somebody's eye will see. Hmm. Whatever is black recedes to the background and kind of gets lost in translation. So you want to be really careful about what you wear. You ideally want to be like in the front, front and center in your Zoom box. So, you know, if you wear color, solid colors that are somewhere in the color range, not white, not black, and maybe not gray, mm-hmm. uh, you will actually be able to be seen better. So people will see your face and they'll see your body. And the reason you really want them to see your body is so that they can read your nonverbal communication. And it just makes it easier for them to actually see you. And so you don't want to wear pat- large patterns, you know, or sometimes really large, noisy jewelry, mm-hmm. uh, because this way you're trying to have people read your nonverbal and verbal cues, and you don't want them to be distracted. So you don't want them to be distracted with like busy patterns because it's like, whoa, I have to negotiate the, the pattern. So mm-hmm. best to wear solid color in the center third of your box. And if you wear a small pattern, it's okay, but keep it, keep it very small. Uh, so that, that would be my clothing tip. Now, if you are against a light, a light wall, it's okay to wear something dark. If you're against a dark if anything dark behind you, mm-hmm. you don't want to wear anything that's remotely dark. You're going to disappear. You're going to fade out. And people won't be able to, like I say, read your nonverbal cues as easily. And that's one of the things that's stressing us out. We were talking a little bit about Zoom fatigue earlier. Mm-hmm. When people have to work so hard to read all of your cues, your verbal cues, your nonverbal cues, and, and there's, you know, there's 20 of you on a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a little more stressful. So to make it easy, wear a, a color that people can see and uh, keep it solid. Okay. I have to ask you, here I am. I'm wearing a red sparkly jacket, which is my brand for Read My Lips for my business shows. I wear a black sweater, a cardigan that is equally sparkly. And I always have a red or a pink flower on the collar and I'm always red. So, and my dress is black. So am I making a mistake, Shelly Golden? Don't be shy. Tell me. <laughs> um, so um, only when I make your image brighter and bigger, do I see that it's red. Otherwise it looks black. Okay. Whatever, you know, the sweater, it looks black. I could see the sparkles, which are fine because they're, they're just a little bit. But if you wore something a little bit redder, should I say? Oh, uh, because it's a different color than your hair, you know, yes. um, you would show up more because right now, you know, I see kind of from the armpit, the top of your armpit up. So it's just a little bit of black. It looks black, 
you know, I, I would have thought it was black until you said something. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. I had, and what about me against the background? That was, that's one of my collages, actually. What um, do you think? I like it. I think it's fun. Okay. It is yeah. fun. Thank yeah. you. Although the only thing is, is it's hard to see all of your words about cool conversations. I with know. Data. That's and what I, I love. I, I love, <laughs> I love your, 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 your little red girl behind you. And she yes. should be over here on the side. Well, I have to go back to the designer and ask him to move, or I can put I can put one of them up. That's an avatar that an advertising agency designed for me many yeah. years ago. Thank you for the tip. I appreciate that. Dr. Stephanie, yeah. anything you've learned from Shelly you want to talk to her about before I move to you? Well, I'll have to I definitely think that my Zoom presence could use some work tonight. So I'm taking in all of her tips so I can get the pink and the yellow. There you go. I'm going to try those two. Dr. Stephanie, let's have a few more relationship repair. We only have six minutes left. So Dr. Stephanie, I'm going to give you four of those six minutes and and then we'll wrap up. So give us a couple more repair tips, please. Sure. Yes. So one of the things that goes on with relationship repair in terms of gender is that I think women um, in general love this whole idea of the customer customer service counter and their partner having one because you know, we didn't need research to have the finding that women bring up more complaints in relationships than men do. Um, that's just something that's pretty obvious, right? Women want to have relationship talks sometimes. They want to share their feelings. If they have a concern, usually they're not hesitant to say what it is. And so they love the idea that they're going to have a partner who's going to respond to them and open up this whole, you know, customer service counter uh, idea. And the First thing that I always teach people is to actually come up with something that you can say to diffuse your partner. Because sometimes what happens is if somebody says, hey, you know, um, I'm really upset that you did X, Y, and Z. And usually they're angry. They're not always saying it in the nicest way. Um, so the, the initial reaction is to want to be like, hey, you know, stop talking to me that way. I can't believe you're, you know, don't, you know, stop disrespecting me. And I kind of try to tell people, look, if your spouse or your child or your teenager is a little bit miffed and they're angry or upset, instead of giving that reaction of like, you know, stop disrespecting me, what about just diffusing them? You know, if you can just say, you know, you're important to me, I don't want to see you upset. Um, That's kind of similar to that customer service person saying you're a valuable customer here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then that's going to diffuse them and it's going to help their anger start to um, calm down. And then you can actually have that more rational conversation. So that's really the first step is to show that value. Um, and then I commented earlier um, in the interview about coming back around to, hey, what can I do to make this better? How can we resolve this? How can I make it up to you? Um, and then there's usually a little negotiating that has to go on in there as well. So um, thank you. Yeah. So, so both people need to be able to be willing to have the conversation face to face or mask to mask or over over a barrier somewhere. Uh, they they need to. I've I've always wondered about that, Doctor Stephanie. I've had a lot of self help authors on on the show many years ago. That's all yeah. I did was relationship authors, and I always wondered the one who picks up that book or listens to somebody like you, an expert who is in the trenches and knows knows how to do this. That person is open to change. They're open to ameliorating, to improving, to enhancing, to yeah. figuring things out. But the other person might be, ah, come on, I've heard that stuff before. And I always wondered the challenge is if one person embraces the concept of making things better and the other one is just 
you know what up the you know what and stuck yeah. in a corner somewhere. Is there any way you get the other person? Do you have a technique for getting the other person to listen and accept and want to negotiate, as you said, just what, briefly? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it is there. That is a difficult circumstance if there's a partner or one person in the relationship who absolutely doesn't have a customer service counter, if you will. Is it open to changing? Is it open to taking feedback? Um, so. Normally, when that happens, I think people just have to kind of evaluate, is this a healthy relationship for me? Because in my mind, if someone's so stuck in their ways that they're like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. That's really not a healthy way to go about, you know, compromising and and having a good relationship. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Ladies, we have about, ooh, about 90 seconds left, a minute and a half almost. So I have some closing statements I want to make. But Shelly Golden, why don't you just give one quick closing comment on being good with your Zoom box and basically presenting yourself and figuring out what your brand is. Any quick final tip from you? Yeah, just keep keep in mind that, you know, when you're on a Zoom call with somebody, they're not just looking at you. They're looking at everything in your Zoom box. It's, it's your, you know, it's your landscape. It's your calling card, you know. So if you're giving someone your business card, this is it, you know. So you want to think of all the little corners. How do you want to present yourself? Uh, and so just keep that in mind. I think it's really important because we have this opportunity to invite people into our homes yes. right now. And you want to yes. do it. And, and show it in the best possible light. Thank you. Love the tip. And Dr. Stephanie Narr, quick tip from, from you to everybody, and then I need to close. Go ahead. Yeah, Stephanie. my most important tip I mentioned earlier is just changing people's mindset. I encourage you to change your mindset if you're listening and just think about uh, if someone brings a concern to you, that it's an opportunity to build trust instead of seeing it as a complaint or nagging mm-hmm. or something negative, see it as an opportunity to open that customer service counter and improve your relationship. Thank you. I like your method. Beep, beep. Somebody's getting a message. Here are my closing words, ladies. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly, right? Kiss slowly. Kiss slowly. Is there any better way to kiss? Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably and never regret anything that made you smile. And one more thing. I found these from my notes from 2014 and I dug them up. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money. Maybe you do. Keep working. Dance like no one's watching. I used to teach disco and ballroom and they watched. Sing like nobody's listening and I try not to sing on the radio. And love like you've never been hurt because after a while, nobody cares but you and you got to keep moving on. Money talks. Chocolate sings on key. Last but not least, and I stole this line from a radio host I heard years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red signing off. Dr. Stephanie Narr, Shelly Golden, wave goodbye. Goodbye to Facebook. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye to Josh. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red.